Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, so Brad Gushu of Canada, final stone, 10th end, has to outcount the red that is in the house. Outturn draw. Walker and Gallant have it. Right into the middle. That's the way it's done. One point in 10. Canada moves to 2 0. Norway falls to 1 1. Yun Jung Kim. Final stone, 10th end, needs three. Just that outward motion on release. Oh, just through and by. Also, it had hit it thinner to make contact, and uh, the shooter flew out of there. So, good win for Jennifer Jones. I know if you woke up early in Canada to see this, you enjoyed. And a good start for Team Canada and Jennifer Jones. 12-7 is the final score. That belies how close it was throughout, though. Well, greetings, everyone, and hello to... Curling fans around the world, <laughs> it's another episode of Inside Curling's Daily Draw presented by CoolBet for Thursday, February 10th. CoolBet is a proud sponsor of curling and frankly, all things ice related. The logo is a polar bear after all. If you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the CoolBet community. So yesterday we had, uh, Kevin had the day off. He's back today. Uh, we had on uh, the very quiet, the very shy, uh, not much to say, Ben Hebert. <laughs> and uh, I thought he was great. Uh, welcome back, Kev. How are you doing? Thanks, Jimmy. Oh, doing fine. Yeah, it was good to have a, a little extra rest. Uh, working in the night and sleeping in the day is d- not an easy thing to do. I've I've done it my whole life, Kev. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like a, I'm like a bat, Warren. I can stay up all night. Uh Hey, Warren, I thought Ben was pretty good. Uh, you know, he had there, there were a few things that stuck out to me. Uh, he was a big supporter. We talked about the mixed doubles to get his reaction because so many people were reacting to Morrison Holman not making the playoffs. But he supported them fully. His question uh, that you put to him, Warren, about mixed doubles, he would not, Kevin, allow any of his players, if they were on the four-man team, to play in the mixed doubles. And uh, he certainly doesn't blame Curling Canada for anything, um, what they've done for the Olympics. Uh, I think his quote was, Curling Canada doesn't win you a game when you're in the hack, and Curling Canada doesn't lose you a game when you're in the hack. Uh, what do you think, Warren? Yeah, I thought Ben had some very interesting comments about a number of things. Uh, I think uh, he's doesn't seem to think that there's a huge problem with the four-person trials being in a time slot there at the moment, but he did agree that the, the mixed doubles was just too tight. So, yeah, different view, different points on different things. And, of course, uh, not shy to tell us what his opinion is. Well, you listened to it, Kev, after. What did you think? Oh, yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great show. And, uh, you know, I'm sure nice of Benny to come on and and, uh, and do it. And one thing about it, yes, Ben Hebert is not shy. It was, it was hard to argue with him a whole lot. Like, uh, you know, he made a great point that when we won in 2010, one thing he didn't mention, though, in 2010 – that team 
the trials, it could have been January 17th or January 25th. It wouldn't have mattered because we trained for four years for that event. We didn't train for all the Grand Slams. We didn't train for the Worlds. We didn't train for the Briars. We didn't do any of that. We trained for four years. We did monthly tests. We did monthly fitness tests all four years. It was all for Vancouver. And so he didn't mention that. And that, that was kind of, he missed that. But uh, but he's right. Um you know, we had we went really well in Vancouver, but we were prepared for that differently than most teams would be. I don't. I think they ramp up the, their fitness level and their on ice training after you qualify for the Olympics. I think most teams do that. I kind of think this this time in Brad Gushu's case, uh, I believe they were training for this Olympic Games. So you know, they they've went into this Olympics totally ready. So I think that's a big difference that. Ben did not mention is the mindset of the individual team. Are you training for the Olympics for four years? I think most teams are not. Now, if you win the trials and you're ready to go, then it's pretty tight. So it depends on the team, I think, you guys. Uh, Kat, Ward and I were shooting the breeze last night. Um, I'll ask you both quickly. Uh, Kevin, is it harder to win a briar or is it harder to win the Olympics? Uh, they're not in the same stratosphere. Okay. Um, the, the Olympics is far more difficult because of the the stress of being Team Canada in the Olympics. When you when you go to a Briar or a Worlds, the the curling community is pretty small in the world, um, and you're you're playing in front of that community, which is great and it is stressful, and and all of that. But when you go to the Olympics, you're playing in front of everybody in Canada. Um, almost everybody would be watching and listening and paying attention to the Winter Olympics. So you're representing most of Canadian and world society. You're battling against a lot of the world, but for Canada, but most all, everybody in the country. It's a far different scale, uh, well, drastically different scale, like a hundredfold. So that's why it's uh, it's, it's so different. You're, you're, you're really carrying your country's colors and not just curling fans, but all people. Yeah, uh, what do you think, Warren? Do you agree with all that? Yeah, I agree with that. But I think the big issue today, if you look at a Briar and Scotties versus a World Championship or the Olympics, but especially Olympics, we're looking at this field right now, just like last week in the mixed doubles, and there's parity. Like, man, I've never seen before. Anybody's going to be able to beat anybody. You take a look at this morning, Jennifer Jones. You'd look at the score and you'd say, "Oh, she won twelve to five. and you go. Oh, that must have been an easy game. It was anything but an easy game. And that all came in the very late going and circumstances. So every game, they're having to claw and scratch. Whereas you go into the Briar Scotties today, if you're one of these better teams, you know out of 16 teams, eight of them that you're going to have to play, you're not going to be that concerned about winning. You're not going to have to have the same pressure on you that you will in an Olympics or, or a world championship. So I see that's the difference today. Okay, let's get down to it, Kev. Uh, you were back uh, calling games uh, the men's and women's uh, curling now is out of the blocks. Uh, this is uh, day two. They finished. Uh, Kev, the first couple of draws, break it down for us. Well, you know, there are some great games. I'd like to mention first, I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts. Uh, if you could email us, that'd be great. Um, on the different pace of the two games. I, I, obviously, I love both. The mixed doubles, which is fast and, and quick. Uh, the players running around and sweeping and standing up and, and getting tired and sweating like crazy and mixed doubles. And then the four-person game, which is great too. It's just in a different way. 
more strategy. You're not just playing to the button. You're playing around the corner guards, down the middle, here, there, and uh, more methodical. Percentages are higher. Um, and it's just a, a different feel to the game, especially from a broadcasting point of view. So I'd really like to hear people's thoughts on that. Um, okay, so women's draw number one was the first uh, draw we did la- uh, now in along the eastern seaboard here last night. Uh, we called it at 8 o'clock. Great Britain versus Switzerland in the women's. What a great game. Switzerland stole the extra end to go to win 6-5. The first six ends, I was talking to Tyler George. He called that game, actually. And uh, he couldn't believe how wide open it was for the first six ends. Neither team really taking any chances. But in the end, Swiss uh, stole a point and went up six and won 6-5. Denmark, China. No, no surprise. Denmark won that one with a big three-ender in the seventh. Um, Sweden versus Japan. Once again, no, no surprise. Team Sweden, so strong. Uh, they won eight to five with deuces in, magically enough, Jimmy, in the sixth and the eighth. <laughs> Having hammer in the sixth and the eighth, uh, winning that one. The game I called was USA versus uh, the Russian Olympic Committee, and that was not close. Tabitha Peterson and Nina Roth were extremely solid in that game. Uh, U.S. got two in the first, and they stole one in the fourth, stole two more in the fifth. It was six to one at the half, and they went on to win nine to three. Uh, men's draw, number two. Sheet A, this was a good one. This is the one that everybody was looking forward to, the gold medal rematch, and that was on Sheet A, USA versus Sweden. But you know what? It's simple math in curling. Uh, USA won the draw to the button. First end, actually, John got a little unlucky. He's going to split the rings uh, to sit three, but Nicholas would have probably made the double on his last anyways, but he, to split the rings, but John's rock picked. And then Nicholas makes the double on the other side, which you would have made anyway, likely. And then uh, U.S. had to just draw for one instead of two. So that was a big that was a big break for Sweden and a bad break for the U.S. But then Sweden played a really good end in the second, got a deuce. Played another good end in the third, forced the U.S. to one. And I was talking about good math. Sweden gets a nice deuce in the in the fourth to go up four to two. And then in the fifth, Nicholas Dean, instead of drawing, he decides to play a nice, soft, hack-weight hit and roll. And if he makes it perfect, he'd be covering the pinhole, exactly frozen between two U.S. stones. And that's exactly what Nick did. He made the perfect roll right on the pinhole. John Schuster actually had to throw his last one away. He couldn't even risk hitting anything, or it could have been a steal of a whole bunch. So he just threw it away and gave uh, Sweden a single, and uh, Nick just kept on rolling from then. Uh, Norway versus Canada. This is another, you know, just really good skipping by Brad Gushu. This is a really close game all the way through, well played, but magically Canada had hammer in the fourth, in the sixth, in the eighth, and in the tenth. If you can have hammer in every even end, you're going to win most of the time, and that's exactly what happened. It was tied up coming home, but Canada had hammer, and they won 6-5. to five. So really well skipped, pretty much even shooting, I'd say. Both teams were even. Just Brad, you know, just he's just a really, really smart guy and had hammer in all the even ends. Uh, Sergey Glukov got four in the ninth to win their uh, their first game. Going to be tough. This, this ROC group are going to be tough. And on sheet D... Italy against Great Britain. Uh, it was a good game, but in the end, um, Bruce Mowat had a outturn draw, had to hit the button, though, 
and uh, and he made it no problem. He's got great sweeping. End up winning that one seven to five. But yeah, we've got the four person game going here. It's fun to watch. And uh, to your point, Warren, parody is the story. Okay, well, let's take a look at what happened in uh, the last draw of the day, which was the women's draw number two. Canada's playing their first game of the competition against Korea. And it was a good game. The final score was 12 to 7, but that was not indicative of the play at all. Um, after five ends, uh, Jennifer Jones was leading in the game 5 to 4. She stole a single in the fifth to go up front 6 to 4. Korea came back with a deuce in the sixth to tie it up. The key was the seventh end. With her last stone, Korean skip Kim is looking at three. Tries a freeze to Jones's shot stone, doesn't quite make it, and Jones is left with a chip out for four, makes it, but takes her own stone with it, rolls, and still counts three. So the score is now nine to six in favor of Canada. In the eighth, Korea has a shot for a possible three, doesn't make it, as desired, and only gets one. Score is now nine seven Canada. In the ninth, Jones has to draw the forefoot from the outside looking at a Korean counter to go in front 10 to 7 and of course steals more two more in the 10th end makes it sound pretty lopsided but it was anything but the other key game i think from our point of view was between USA and Denmark i think that was a biggie as well as to how it shook down normally you probably would have thought that Tabitha Peterson would have taken out DuPont but uh, not quite so um, in the 8th end Peterson has a draw to the forefoot from the outside not an easy shot for two she makes it, goes in front six to four. In the ninth, the USA third, Nina Roth, makes what I would consider the shot of the game. Comes through a very narrow port, looking at two Danish counters in the forefoot. She just grabs a corner of the button from the outside. Looks like it's set up for a steal the way things unfold. But Denmark still came back, scored a single, and now the score is six to five, USA going into the last end. Peterson has to make a draw pretty much to the open house, but to the forefoot for the win, and she does it seven to five. Another really good game was between Switzerland and China. And this Chinese team, relatively unknown, they played pretty well. So look out for them as well. This is against Switzerland, one of the best teams in the world, the defending world champions. Very good game. In the last end, however, Switzerland with a lead of 6-5 to five, and China with last stone. So you're expecting possibly a tie game. But the Chinese skip had a hog line violation on her first stone of the end. And from that point, the result was Switzerland was able to steal a single and a 7-5 to five win. The one other game, you would have thought this would have been a good one too, but it wasn't. Uh, Britain against Sweden, Muirhead versus Hasselberg, but it was pretty much a runaway for Great Britain. Conceded after seven ends, eight to do in Britain's favor. Difference was really Muirhead had a pretty sound game, but Hasselberg not so much. She only shot 71%, I think, at the end. Looking at the percentages overall across the sheets, they're pretty good. Most of the scores are in the 80s, the odd 70s, the, the odd 90s. But let's take a look at one game that we'd be really interested in. That's between Canada and Norway and the men's side last night. Gushu shot 99%. But Tor Norgard throwing glass rocks for Norway was 88 But let's take a look at the Gushu team. Nichols, 89%. Gallant, 89%. Walker, 91%. So the ice conditions seem to be pretty good. It's a different set of rocks, if we mentioned before, than what was used in the mixed doubles. I don't think there's quite as much finish yet as there was at the end of mixed doubles, but I think that will improve as the week goes on. So, very early in the in the uh, event, the standings. Let's take a look at the women's side. 
Switzerland, USA, sitting atop at 2-0. and Right behind them, of course, Jennifer Jones, Canada, 1-0. 1-1, Denmark, Great Britain, and Sweden. 0-1, Japan, Korea, ROC. And winless in two starts is China. On the men's side... Canada, Sweden, 2-0. Great Britain, 1-0. At 1-1, Norway, ROC, United States. 0-1, Denmark, Italy, Switzerland. 0-2, China. China sitting at the bottom at the moment on both the men's and women's division. So that's, Jim, where we sit at the moment. So there you have it. Uh, if, if you're like me and every other Canadian, you're looking at the Canadian teams and their women are 1-0, like you said, uh, and Canada, 2-0. Great stuff out of the blocks. Kev, you, you mentioned... Uh, John Schuster throwing away a rock, knowing he was going to lose points. How often do you see that? Well, in this case, uh, ooh, Nick Dean had, I'm just going to take a guess. I remember seeing it, but it was a sea of yellow. Sweden had shot rock. U.S. was were second and third, but right behind the yellow rock, holding it against the, the pinhole. And I think Nick had fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. So if, each, if USA tries anything, running something back, uh, and you ends up knocking out his two reds. He could have given up a steal of six, I believe is what it was. So uh, he just threw it away because you can't afford to give up six. And and Nick owned the pinhole. So without throwing it hard, it would have been very difficult to get that out. And the risk just wasn't worth the, the reward. You were mentioning, Warren, that the ice was a little bit straighter. And, and actually, John Schuster mentioned that. In practice, they were getting almost middle 12 foot to the button in the practice before the, before the game. But by the time we got about halfway through the game, it, it, it was almost to the in, to the edge of the eight foot. So it had straightened up about six inches. Oh, that's interesting. And, and John actually made that comment saying, Hey guys, we're thinking it's going to curl too much. It straightened out quite a lot since practice. So you're right. It did straighten out some, so it's something to watch going forward. Um, and of course, nobody knows these rocks yet. They've never been used before. Um, so we'll see if, uh, if the ice makers can, can get the ice so that if it starts at four and a half feet or five feet of curl, it maintains that curl till the end, or does it straighten out? And that's something to keep an eye on. That almost sounds like it got a little, little colder, eh? Is, is, is possibly what took place there? Got a little harder? Um, yeah, the ice makers may have adjusted the temperature, be, you know, due to, due to losing the pebble. But that's all part of it for the ice makers. Like, it's, the first couple, three games is all getting a feel for the rocks and the ice and making sure they match. Uh, and that just takes time. And the ice makers are excellent. So it, it'll be good, I think. It's just right now, they're just, you know, adjusting things. That's all. I think the scores tell you it's pretty good. Uh, when you get pretty near everybody shooting in the 80s, uh, the conditions are got to be favorable. So, Warren, yesterday we made some picks. I've stopped uh, keeping track, okay, because I'm, I'm no good. Well, I w- today I I'll remind Italy. you. <laughs> I, I went with the – yeah, thanks. I went with the Italy train, I think, and uh, that might have sailed. But uh, how did we do? Ben, ben made some picks. So did you, Warren, and I guess I did too. So uh, I had a pretty good day. So if we go back and look at the women's draw, the first one, uh, Great Britain, Switzerland. I picked Switzerland. That was a winner. Denmark, China. I picked China. That was a loser. Sweden, Japan. I picked Sweden. ROC, USA. I picked USA. So I won three out of four on the first draw. But the next one, <clears throat> USA, Sweden in the men. I picked Sweden. Winner. Canada, Norway in the men. Sweet, Canada, winner. China, ROC. I picked ROC. Winner. Great Britain, Italy. Great Britain, winner, 100%. Look at you <laughs> go. All right. And then in the women's draw, 
the last one today, I picked uh, Canada, of course, over Korea. So that was a winner. I picked Sweden over Great Britain. So we didn't do well on that one. I took USA over Denmark and I took Switzerland over China. So that was three for four. So pretty good game, ten out of, uh, pretty good day, 10 out of 12. Wow. Is that ever a good day? Yeah. Um, did you keep track of Hebert or we didn't? I don't think we kept track of him. I had it marked down, and I've got so much paper flying around here that I couldn't find it this morning. So yeah, that's the same was, with that's the same with me. He, yeah. he wasn't too much different than I was. Yeah. He, he made yeah. out a couple of different calls, but I know certainly in the last draw, uh, we agreed one hundred percent on on the call. So interesting day. Yeah, I've got so much paper here in front of me, Warren. If I go deep enough, I could give you the results of that bond spiel in Lacombe. That's how far back I can go. <laughs> uh, so. Okay, very good. Um, we also continue to get a number of emails. Uh, and by the way, uh, that's how we do it each and every day during the Olympics. Uh, we come on and, and uh, give you a wrap on what happened the day before and, and get Warren and Kevin's thoughts on the games that are coming up. The shows drop about 1 o'clock, uh, so you can tune in each and every day. Uh, we've been getting a number of emails. Uh, you can email us uh, insidecurling at gmail.com. And... Uh, a lot of them are about the Olympics, of course. And here's one from Preston Dowell. He uh, says, hey, guys, love the Daily Draw. While watching the mixed doubles, I noticed Oscar Erickson sometimes leans hard on the broom, but doesn't sweep. Is he trying to keep it straight? Is he trying to make a curl? Is he trying to be, clean it or maintain speed? Or any insights would be appreciated. I will throw that to you guys, Kevin. Well, that's a really good point. And we actually talked about it uh, during the during the games, um, during our broadcast. Um, it's something that's done a fair amount now. And of course, you notice it more in mixed doubles because you've only got one sweeper. So you, you're, you're watching that one person doing their thing. But the idea is uh, energy savings, certainly, uh, you know, when it comes to mixed doubles and an event this long, or in, in Oscar's case, the mixed doubles and four-person curling. So super long event and, and trying to maintain energy. And there's a reason for this, and it's been tested to a great deal. Uh, Brad Thiessen and, and Carrick tested this theory a ton, and they actually believe in it. And that is that the rock mostly loses its momentum, slows down after the breaking point. And for curlers, the Breaking point is someplace around three to five feet in front of the hog line. That's a well-thrown rock will go fairly straight. It'll go straight, 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 straight until it almost turns upon itself. And if you're, if you just watch during a practice, you'll see when that is just before the hog line. That's when the momentum comes off the rock for the most part. So this hard clean is somewhere around 70% as effective as full sweep. Now, you see how Oscar leans on that broom. It's a hard clean. It's not gentle. And that hard clean is about 60 to 70%. And because the rock hasn't really started to slow down yet till the breaking point, Oscar can do that about almost two-thirds of the way down the sheet and then get ready to sweep hard hog line in. And there's another reason for that is that a human cannot sweep at that same pace and the same amount of downward pressure from pillar to post. It's... 24 seconds or something like that from hog line to stop. It'd be about 24, 25 seconds even on this ice. There's no way you can be as effective at the end as at the start. You tire out. So if you can hard clean up until the two thirds of the way and then hit it hard in, you can actually go as hard as you want hog line in, which is when the rock is slowing down the most. So there's been some testing done. And this is kind of a cool fact is that 
Take an example, a rock throw on edge of eight at, a, at an exact speed, and the two sweepers head down, sweep as hard as they can till the rock stop at the, uh, stops at the other end, and you mark that distance. The next stone, same path, same speed, and you just hard clean to the two-third point and then sweep hard to the end. That rock will not go any less or any more, and that has been proven through testing. So sweeping hard, pillar to post, does not take the rock any further than hard clean to two-thirds of the way, and then hard sweep to stop, you'll end up with the same result. And I know I'm going to get some emails here going, that's impossible. Well, it's not actually impossible. And uh, there's lots of testing that's been done to prove that point. So that is what Oscar Erickson's doing, and he's doing it because of research that has been done. And it's so smart when it comes to an event like this to be able to save some energy going forward. Warren, you've done a bunch of sweeping in your life, I'm sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, that's very interesting stuff that Kevin brings up. And I think there's some other things we, we want to discuss on this whole sweeping thing, which we'll save for another show. But I, I, want, I want to make one comment on something he said, and that was, if you throw the stone well, it'll sit for the first 20 feet plus or just down to the... And that's a very key factor, particularly with the rocks that we're using today. Throwing well means you throw it positively to the broom and even possibly a little back. If you don't do that, it will not sit uh, till the break point. It'll start to break right away and you've pretty much lost things. So I think most of these players have pretty much learned now that you can't let a rock go uh, quite softly uh, on pretty near any, any of these situations we're facing today or it starts to move immediately and there's nothing you can do. So that's a key factor for all this working. You've got to have that good positive uh, release, which you watch these players and, and that's what they're doing. You know, Warren, you know what? You make up a really good point there, Warren. And so when we're doing our curling academies and we're working with the, like really good young curlers, like top top notch, but, but junior curlers, uh, how I explain it, it's almost like the rock is skidding because you're, you're putting a positive handle. It's to your point, Warren, it's almost you're putting it back to the broom. Um, but the word that I use is skidding. It, the rock almost skids towards the broom for at least half the way, if not a little more, before it makes any kind of a move. And this is even with draw weight, but certainly with hack or board or, or hit weight. Skid, 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 and then starts to move a little, and then takes a breaking point, and in you go. And there's a couple of reasons you want to do that, and that's certainly a lot easier for your person holding the broom to be able to judge the amount of curl that rock's going to have. But to your point, Warren, if a person slides and squares their shoulders late down the sheet or throws a soft handle, you can imagine, or hopefully everybody can imagine, that that rock starts to move sooner. Okay, if it's moving sooner, then it's going down the sheet same line as the center line then when it hits a breaking point instead of having the tangent being outwards from the center line and then taking the curl it's it's parallel to the center line and when it takes a curl it just dives onto the guard if everybody can imagine what i'm what i'm saying so you're right that's so important to, to have a, a straight line from the hack to the broom rock thrown straight or to your point warren maybe a little bit back and that way it skids for the first half a sheet before it starts to hit the breaking point. And that way it's very controllable in a communication sense between the skip and the sweepers. Okay, very good, boys. Uh, when we come back, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, get out your pens and paper, people. Kevin and Warren are going to give you their picks, and Warren Hansen is rolling. Okay, so we'll see how Kevin's going to do. And both 
Uh, Men's and Women's Team Canada are playing today, so stick around. We'll be right back. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Okay, Hanson, you're on. You're big braggadocious. Okay, you're uh, all right. However, I don't care where it comes from. I just want to know what the winners are. Uh, you go first one. We've got a lot of games here, so bang them off for us. Okay, so men's draw number three that goes at uh, Eastern 805 tonight. Switzerland, ROC, I'm taking Switzerland. Great Britain against the USA. I think Mott seems to be rolling, and I think uh, he will probably win that game. Sweden over Italy, yes, I think without question, Nick Odin, Odin will take that one. And China, I think we'll, we'll take it over Denmark. In draw number four on the women's side, USA-China, Tabitha Peterson is rolling, have to stick with her. Canada against Japan, Jennifer Jones, yes, she's playing, they're playing well. I think that will be, again, possibly a tight game, but they'll win it. And I think Switzerland will win over ROC. And uh, Great Britain, I think, uh, has it rolling. They're going to have to play well to beat Korea, as we saw today against Canada, but I'm going to pick Great Britain. Men's draw number four, three games on the ice. I will pick ROC over Denmark, Great Britain over Norway, and Canada over Switzerland. Again, I think that'll be a good game, but I think uh, Brad Gushu, the way they're going, will win that one. Kevin, what about you? Yeah, well, actually, uh, the picks from uh, yesterday, I actually did them. And I was the same as Warren. I picked uh, Sweden to beat Great Britain, so I goofed up on that one. But I got the other 11 out of 12, but I missed the Sweden-Great Britain. But that wasn't even, that ended up not being that close of a game. But these picks, Switzerland, ROC, I actually like ROC in that one, in the men's draw number three. Great Britain, USA. Um, Great Britain looked like they're curling really well. Chris Plies really struggled. Um, so I'm going to pick Great Britain. Sweden, Italy. I like Sweden, Denmark, China. I've got China. So only one difference there with you, Warren, and that's the ROC Swiss game. Women's draw, uh, USA, China. I've got USA, Canada, Japan, Canada, Switzerland, ROC, Swiss, and Great Britain, South Korea. I've got South Korea. So one other difference between us. And the men's draw, number four, ROC, Denmark. I've got ROC, Great Britain and Canada, no difference there. Um, I do think Switzerland, Benoit Schwartz did not play very good early, but we know he's capable. So that'll be, I think that's going to be a really close game, Canada, Switzerland, but I'm still going to go with, uh, with Brad Gushu. Okay, boys. So we got a couple, you know, game on, game on. You've picked a couple of different ones. A couple of different ones. So what do you pick, Jim? I'm going to break even. I'm going to pick Italy. They're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll do. I'll wait till next Olympics. Good decision. Um, yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, there you go, fellas. We've a uh, good wrap on everything. And again, we do it each and every day. Uh, thanks a lot to Cool Bet, a proud sponsor of curling and frankly, all things ice related. The logo is a polar bear, after all. If you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Cool Bet community. 
Uh, if you feel inclined, then get over to the website and uh, lay down some shekels. It's going to get serious uh, from here on in. Uh, reminder again, send us an email because we'd love to hear from you. We read one today and we'll uh, try and keep doing it every day. You can email us at insidecurling at gmail.com. Rod Paulson, thanks a lot. Is looking after our Facebook group and our Facebook page. As you heard earlier, it's very lively. So if you want to get a good back and forth, check out Facebook. Uh, you did well today, boys. Okay, you both get a gold star. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> yeah. So, Kev, you don't get go. You don't get to go back to bed now until the middle of June. Okay, you had one day off. Okay, so you got to stay with us. Thanks a lot, everyone, for tuning in. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. You've been listening to Inside Curling's Daily Draw. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jimmy. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.